Hey, what's happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts, and this is another episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. Got an exciting guest today. And I know I say I've got an exciting guest every day, and I do. I always try to bring you the best as far as guests are concerned. But I've got Adam Lewis Walker with me today, and he is the host and owner of Awaken Your Alpha. And Adam is all about action, mastery, and solidifying your legacy. He's the number one best-selling author of The New Rules of Success. He's been featured in TEDx, The Huffington Post, the National Association of Experts, Writers, and Speakers, and the list goes on and on. His goal is to inspire a million entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs to rise up, to pursue their ultimate lifestyle, and as I mentioned, create a legacy. He does all this to engage you to act on your true potential. Awesome. Good to be here. I love that. I'm good. Again, I'm always learning. I love that intro you did before like your intro music got me in a good mood i love it and i love your backdrop unfortunately <laughs> for those listening you can't see it but you got to go check it out oh they've seen it i promise <laughs> <laughs> so adam man it's, it's truly a pleasure to have you here uh someone with your credentials gracing the readily random podcast is a tremendous opportunity for us and i really appreciate that so tell us more man about awaken your alpha what does that mean yeah, so it's um, that's a great question because that's what I, I used to get asked a lot. Well, I still get asked it, but I used to kind of ramble a bit about all, oh, it's all these great things, and it is. But <laughs> when I did my TEDx talk in 2016, one of the key things is it it forces you to get a little bit clearer because you have such you know such short time. Sure. So, awaken your alpha is about awareness, action, and ascension, and it's that continual process of you know. Success is not about like what someone else tells you it is. It's about that awareness. What does it mean to you? What's important to you? And then, you know, the actual, then take the actions. And it's not about these huge gestures, which, which is nice, but I prefer that, that small daily one percenters just moving you in the right direction. That only comes from obviously having that awareness of which is the right direction and, you know, what is not. And then did that ascension is just a personal thing in terms of, you know, bettering yourself, rising up in, in areas that are important to you. No, I dig it. That's that's phenomenal. And, you know, the message is, is consistent when I talk to coaches and, and other entrepreneurs, but everybody has their own unique story and their own unique path on getting to where they're at today. You know, everybody, you hear a lot of times you hear all this, I'm generating all this revenue or I was down and out of my luck and I built myself up. What would be your story? What? How <laughs> did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah. I had always been into that side side of things, but I was not one of these guys who was straight out of high school and doing loads and loads of business. You know, I I was always attracted to the lifestyle of certain things. So I I was a PE teacher for almost ten years because growing up I wanted to be either a graphic designer or a PE teacher. I wanted to draw, be creative, and run around in shorts and play. So and have the summers off. That's what you know. The lifestyle always. Uh, motivated me yeah and, and in terms of my own uh, sort of story as you mentioned I was I was a PE teacher I was a semi-professional pole vaulter I, my, my dream in on any level was always to get to the Olympics even from watching it from a young age at that point I didn't really ca- you know I didn't really care 
what it was in, it was just that that whole, um, just the mix of all the different nationalities, all the sports, and then the you know that elite level. I just thought it was it was awesome. I loved the whole ethos behind it. Um, so I ended up being a pole vaulter, pretty good, and then it worked really well in terms of a lifestyle with teaching because that's you know we have the summers off. That's when my season's at the highest, and I'm always active. And so yeah, that was got to sort of 2008, 28. And I, I had I run businesses on the side, like Sports Speed Academy is like a junior, you know, strength conditioning club, uh, multiple locations. And then I founded the UK Youth Conditioning Association in 2010. But 2008, I got into my biggest pole vault competition, the UK final. And it was UK summer. So obviously it was horizontal rain and it was just horrible weather. And pole vault's not dangerous enough. So they like to throw that curveball. We could have vaulted indoors is the really frustrating thing about it, but there was no crowd indoors. They were all outside, obviously, in the stands, the covered stands for them. And we just basically said, it's not a question of if someone's going to get injured, it's who. And that who was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, in a, yeah, so um, I, again, if any, um, well, not even sports people, people who've been involved in any kind of competition like this, I was in fourth place. I was doing really well because it came a, very much a mind over matter and unfortunately physical safety i was in fourth place you know a lot of voters i think one actually even pulled out because he was sensible um a lot of them couldn't get off the ground because it was very dangerous and i was like because i was again i suppose on paper i was probably r- right at the bottom of just just getting into this competition was a big deal for me there was prize money involved which there never is for a, you know track and field in england right, right. um <laughs> So it was like people, family members had come to that never seen me vault, like, you know, extended family. And so I just really went for it and got into fourth position. There's only four of us left at that point. And I needed to do something. I kind of reached the end of where I could get on that pole. So I got a bigger pole, ran harder. There was just block puddle where I'm taking off. And I got a bit close to my spikes. I hit with my heel. There was no, no grip really. And I slipped and dislocated my knee, tore my ACL, uh. ripped all the meniscus cartilage off the bone ends. And it basically felt like someone got my leg and just snapped it the wrong way. Yeah. And uh, that's the end of pole vault for me and who I was. So. Wow. So you had to recreate yourself and reimagine yourself. Uh, yeah. and you still wanted that success. You still had that burning desire inside. But obviously, your, your athletic career was, was dampened. Uh, yeah. You know, it ended, actually. And, you know, I I can somewhat relate to that just because my daughter was a very active cheerleader, competitive cheerleader, and she was in the backyard and she was practicing her back handspring and she hit the back handspring. But when she came down, she landed on a a tree stump that had been the tree had been cut down and the stump was still there, you know, about just a couple of inches out of the out of the ground. And she did the same thing, completely destroyed her knee. So there's the end of her cheerleading career. And I think that was her freshman year. It was early on. So, you know, she had to reinvent herself as well. She came back as an athletic trainer and she became one of the best athletic trainers in the state of Texas. She actually got a scholarship from uh, the city of Houston, the big city of Houston. She won the, uh, she won the greater Houston area athletic trainer of the year award. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty huge. She's amazing. I gotta say that. So if my young daughter could do it, I know so many other people can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I went down that route as well. Obviously I was already a strength conditioning coach and 
the reality is that I am working with a lot of people, but if you're trying to get to the Olympics, any spare time is really focused on that. And that's kind of your priority. So that was sure. the number one was from my own success. It did shift to helping others a lot more than I already was, but I was still obsessed with the Olympics. I ended up making the Great Britain's um, sitting volleyball team <laughs> in the build up to the Paralympics because my knee was so ruined. Um, and the, just as not skim over it, but let's skim over it. Um, I was pretty much depressed for a good, you know, year or so and it took a year for it to kick in i was in denial for a while but yeah so it, it was it was no sort of i don't want to give that shiny story of i was like right let's do this you know there was definitely a, a low a huge low after that and i was i was lost I had a lot of time spare time compared to what i um, had been doing and i'd actually in terms of entrepreneurial stuff i'd actually quit my full-time job just before um, the accident to go full time into into my uh, you know sports speed academy business at that time, and I ended up before it deteriorated too badly. I ended up stopping that because apart from being depressed, it was very hard to run that business. I had extra coaches and stuff without being physically out there a lot, and I was on crutches. I had two years of multiple operations, so um, yeah, very bad timing. <laughs> it's never going to yeah, be. Yeah, that sounds yeah. rough, man. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's and that's one of the things that people struggle with the most is making that transition. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you made the transition, then you instantly ran into a roadblock. But many times, uh, you even mentioned yourself that aspiring entrepreneurs are, are who you're looking to help. And many entrepreneurs, they aspire to have that title and earn that title, but they're still stuck in that entrepreneur phase. How did you overcome it and how do you help others overcome being a entrepreneur and making, cutting off that full-time job and transitioning into being a full-time entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, firstly, I think if you can transition, that's great, but it's not always, not always an option. And sometimes if you've got a, you know, a situation that helps you transition, you can get stuck in that transition phase for years because you tell yourself you're transitioning and You'll make the full jump when it's, I just got to do this, just got to do that when it's perfect. Oh, when I'm making you know, a couple of hundred grand on the side or whatever, then I will be confident enough to make the, uh, the jump. Whenever you think you're going to be ready, you, you, if you're fully ready, you're probably a bit late on it. You should have jumped a bit earlier. And, but there's the, that decision can only come from you. I, I do think you should start transitioning, but then not get stuck in it. And I got stuck in the transition because I, when I came back, I, you know, as a teacher, you're never going to go hungry. I was doing substitute or supply and I got, you know, a three-day position that was going on for a few years um, and I was doing my, you know, stuff on the side. But it came to a point where at the end of the day, I was a part-time teacher and a part-time entrepreneur going up against professionals in both fields and it didn't feel good. It was horrible. I was torn, you know, at work. They're hitting me with deadlines as I'm going out the door Wednesday saying, oh, this needs to be in Monday. And I'm like, I don't work till Monday. They, oh, you got the weekend. Yeah, I do have the weekend. And things like that. So it was just <laughs> conflict and frustration. Yeah, it's, it's, I do, when I made the jump against pretty much all advice, um, I had two small children. Everyone's always got their excuses. Oh, I can't do that. It's okay for you. But when I made the jump, it, mentally, it was a big relief because you could focus full time. You felt like you had a huge amount of time in comparison to, you know, side hustles or whatever you're doing. It comes back to that awareness. If I'm working with someone, you know, what are they really after in terms of lifestyle? Because there are jobs out there that are, you know, are brilliant. And some of them are so entrepreneurial, almost more entrepreneurial than, than on, proper entrepreneurs or, or what you'd say. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's important to, again, come to that awareness of 
what are you looking you know what are you looking to get out of life where are you what do you like doing what do you what do you want to see in terms of your lifestyle on that, that that daily weekly basis and that that may be a job that may be a combination that may be you know being a full-time entrepreneur that may have a huge dollar value attached to it or it may be actually a lot lower than you think but having some freedom so that's uh, an important place to start and then as you like ground zero your origins and also Oh, sorry, where you want to go. And then the awareness of reality of where you actually are now. You know, this is a personal thing, not to sugarcoat it and give that appearance of, uh, you know, where you want to be or where you trying to make people think how you're doing. The reality of where you actually are on all levels. And that will highlight, you know, the gap, whether it's huge or small in some areas. What are the stepping stones to get there? You know, if you wanted to be an astronaut and you, you are just, you know, in high school, you are in a job completely unrelated. You're not going to go, phase one is not to go knock on NASA's door and say, right, let's go. <laughs> you've got to, you know, there's certain key things, you know. So, and it's, coach. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that with entrepreneurship, podcasting or, you know, whatever it is, coaching. You, you've got to start somewhere, um, but at least know where you're going. And so in terms of how I can help people, really that mental resilience um, and identifying this, these things and the accountability. Um, and the, the good thing about the TED talk is that really is my whole philosophy. The Awaken Your Alpha is a, is a TED talk also. And then through that's evolved over the years of people always ask me, how do you do podcasts? How do you do a TEDx talk? Or how do I get one? Yes. Um, so I, you know, again, two of my strengths. So I created the talk accelerator and then help people doing that, get land there, secure and smash their own TEDx talks, which I can't guarantee. And we're not affiliated with TED as I have to get these sort of things in and, Watch out if someone guarantees you um, that sort of thing because that devalues it. You can't buy a TEDx talk. Right, you know, you've right. You've got to earn it. And so I have the Talk Accelerator podcast as well as a, as, as a spin-off from the work I've been doing there, interviewing purely TEDx speakers and TEDx organizers on how they got their talk or how what they're looking for in a talk and their journey and all the behind-the-scenes information that would be absolutely useless to anyone who's not interested in that. So that's a niche podcast and specifically land your TED talk, which is, you know, something that really inspires me and that helps entrepreneurs if they've, if they've got a good message. And if that is a unique idea within that to share that, to amplify it. And that all comes back to awakening your alpha and playing a bigger game. So that's how they kind of all go together. And that fires me up. And it's important to notice when you're doing something that fires you up and there's probably something in that. Yeah, that's extremely cool. I love the fact that you have the talk X, uh, accelerator podcast because I personally am, am striving for a TEDx talk. That's a goal of mine that I have. And uh, it looks like uh, it's not guaranteed yet, but uh, I'll probably be speaking at Podcast Movement this year. I don't know if you're familiar with Podcast yes. Movement. So that's, that's really hard to land as well. I think they have like 600, 800 applications each year. I think yeah, I applied exactly. last year. It's exactly. But I, you know, here's, here's, and here's how I've done it. You know, I've had to lay the groundwork. I, I got to know, I had to establish first a relationship with the uh, decision makers in the company within podcast movement. Uh, I'm lucky now, uh, enough too that they're based in Dallas now. I'm, I'm in, in Dallas. They used to be based still just 20 minutes away over in Frisco. But regardless of that fact, uh, I had to make contact. I had to make a relationship. I had to make a connection. Slowly, I became the a moderator on the Podcast Movement Facebook group. You know, there's 30,000 members there. Uh, I started writing for Podcast Business Journal. I, I write for Podcast Movement Magazine or Pod Move Daily as well. So I, I'm laying the groundwork and I'm building a foundation 
that I can use to grow even further. Yeah. And you literally, you literally just like the practical steps of what we just were talking about in terms of you wanted to speak at podcast movement. And this is the reality of where you are now. And you can't always jump. If you can jump, brilliant. But otherwise, don't sit there waiting for the jump or thinking, oh, one day they're going to come and knock at your door. So actually, we really want you. You've, you know, you've identified the steps and you're making it happen. I love that. Appreciate that, man. And, and you're, you're, you're spot on. Everybody looks at somebody's success and goes, oh, I can do that. How'd you do that? Oh, you just started this business. Oh, kick ass. I'm doing it too. And then you start a business and you flounder because you didn't build the steps to get you where you need to be. You didn't lay a foundation. And I used this analogy the other day. It's like building your house on sand. You know, when the tide comes in, it's going to wash your house away. Same thing, man. If you build your business on sand, it's going to get knocked down when you get confronted with actual opportunities that you're missing out on, with actual challenges that you face. Whatever your business may be, you're going to have challenges along the way. And if you don't have a strong foundation in what you're doing, it sounds like almost like if you don't clearly know, you know, what you stand for, kind of what and what you don't, then all these opportunities are out there. You're going to have to, you, you may say yes to the wrong ones, or you may say yes to too many. Whereas if you really know where you're going and what you're kind of loosely your ultimate goal in terms of lifestyle or where you want to position yourself, then there's certain things you may not have thought these are going to be opportunities, but they come along. And as long as it sends you in the right direction, probably off a slight tangent, but still heading in the right direction, that's all good. But it's, it's, it's bad when you don't have that kind of awareness of where you're trying to get ultimately that then you may actually be saying yes to things that are taking you further away. And also, like you said, there's that old thing that if the one thing of being worse than being, you know, unsuccessful is being successful in something you don't like, which is horrible. <laughs> you know, that is a horrible situation to be in. There's a lot of careers that are that way. People go to school and they get their degree and whatever it may be. And then they take that job or they take that career path. They go, you know, turns out I don't want to do sanitation engineering for the rest of my life. I thought this was going to be great, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, as well, if, if I'd have looked into it and had even more awareness at a young age, um, the progression is something like PE teaching generally. And my experience of being in that profession was progression in that field was all about more meetings, less wearing shorts and more wearing suits. And I'm like, well, I don't like the sound of that. They're like, hey, you could do this. You could do that. I was like, does do all of these come with like suits and like less actual doing what I want to do in terms of being, you know, <laughs> practical? Right. And yeah. Ultimately, it did. And, you know, PE teachers do make great headmasters and things like that because of the background. But that's not where I wanted to go. Or the progression, the, the progression in that field is in that way was not something that appealed to me. Understood, man. Understood, most definitely. So let me ask you this. You've got a number one best-selling book called The New Rules of Success. What are these new rules of success? Well, I think you might have a slightly older bio because I, the new rules of success, and I'll tell you all the reality of uh, you know, the entrepreneurial side of that, but there's the new rules of success with a, a moody face on me on the front, <laughs> which I love. That's 2013. Um, I co-authored that book. So in terms of stepping stones as well, that was more of a bite-sized chunk. I actually had written a, a full-length book at that time. Then I had an opportunity to be in a book, and I cut that full book down to a chapter, which was painful. <laughs> wow. and, um, but then from that point, because I always knew I always wanted to write a book, but it's about, again, I, I, about identifying these stepping stones, whether they're mental stepping stones, because I could have written a book in theory then, I pretty much had. But as soon as I'd done that, I wasn't satisfied and I knew I wanted to write a full book. And that's where the origins and the idea of off the back of that, when I met the other co-authors and we're having these conversations, that was the origins for the idea for the podcast 
and the book, Awaken Your Alpha, came at the same time. But again, I didn't want to sit there researching a book for four years and right. then make it happen. Well, it's the same sort of things. The stepping stone was the podcast was a, an elaborate <laughs> research project, basically. So then 2018, New Rules of, uh, sorry, Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive is the best of the best from the podcast, but not, you know, transcripted um, interviews because that doesn't really work. It's very hard to make that work well, uh, but it's actually the, the, the structure, the process, the philosophy, and then examples of inspiring stories that I've interviewed um, and from my own life that really fit the, the, the structure. And as, as I say, I used the TEDx as a stepping stone to the book because the awareness, action, and ascension became the three key sections of the book. Um, so again, it's always moving towards certain things that I've put on the radar. But you're focused, and that's one of the things that's so critical as well. You, you, you have the same message throughout your podcast, throughout your TED Talk, throughout your book. You zeroed in on your niche per se, and you've used those stepping stones along the way to build that brand. And I think a lot of times people struggle because they can't keep focus on what they're doing. They, they know they want X, but they don't know how to get there. They don't. And yeah. what I was trying to say earlier when I started stuttering all over myself was <laughs> they don't know the processes and they don't have the processes in place to truly get their business, their niche to where they really think they want it. Yeah. And I, you know, I struggle with that and I've, I've struggled before and it, the, you know, there is such power and clarity and the more you can work on that and just, it's not like you do it and then you leave it. You always have to reassess as well. And that's why it's that, you know, that cyclic nature of, you know, awareness of what's going on and then taking the actions and then assessing, you know, how's that working is, are you improving? Are you, you know, rising up? And then if you do reach a goal, like publishing a book or doing a TEDx, okay, then you go back to assessing, like, what do you want to do now? And also having that awareness to not turn your life into a to-do list, because that's also a pitfall of like ambitious people or people who are really on it and entrepreneurs that, yeah, God, look how much I can do. And you know, that whole extreme culture of, you know, hustle culture, like Gary Vee style, which, you know, again, comes back to everyone's individual and they've all got their own goals. And I, I, I love Gary Vee's um, approach and mannerisms and he entertains me. But when I saw him speak, I think in the first couple of sentences, he dropped a you know anecdote of that he hadn't had a Saturday off in like 15 years or something like that. And I want to say he lost me at that point. He didn't lose me because I was aware of his his habits. Sure. But I was like, fair play for him because it's all about sacri- sacrifice and what are you willing to sacrifice, but as important, what are you not willing to sacrifice? And for me, you can't put a dollar value on you know time with family and my boys and stuff like that. And yeah, there's always exceptions to the rules if there's an event and stuff. But as a rule, you know, just in, in involved in different things recently, people are saying, oh, can you, oh, I can't do, you know, in the week, can you do Saturday or Sunday? And generally, no, right. <laughs> would be the thing. Right. Like I would prefer, I would go, I could go midweek, like after the boys are in bed for an exception if it's someone in Australia or something like that. But, you know, and if, and if someone said to me, right, you could own the New York Jets, but you just have to work every Saturday for the next 10 years, I'd say. I'm good, actually. So, you know, it's, 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 it's important to know what, you know, what it, you are willing and not willing to do. Well, and it's just like me. I, I don't, I will not do anything on Sunday. I spend it with my wife all day. And generally, I won't do anything on Saturday either unless it's a special event. Yeah. Or if it's just, we want to connect and there's just no other time to connect except for Saturday. I'll occasionally make it make an exception to that rule, but it's rare, you know, yeah. because I'm the same way. I, I, I know where I want to go, but 
too. I'm 47, man. You know, I need to relax a little bit. I need to enjoy life a little bit. I need to soak it in. I need to have, a, uh, I need some payoff, brother. That's what I need. So, so that's how I look at it, man. You, you got to find that balance and that happy medium. And if, if Gary's balance is, is lopsided over to working 24, seven, 365, then Hey man, more power to him. Yeah. But people want his success, but they yeah, don't, they don't want, want his workload. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I completely agree. So I got to hit you with a with a hard question here. Okay. So you, you know, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get you. I actually cracked my neck then. I must have, <laughs> I must have been, I was like, wow. Don't get that nervous. It's not that big a question. So your you, your your entire brand is awaken your alpha. Typically, alpha is related to men. Mm-hmm. Do you also speak to women? Yeah, great question. Um, so in terms of the Awaken Your Alpha brand and whole message, when you, I, I do have to, you know, a lot of times if I'm speaking to women especially or just a mixed group or anyone who's listening here, almost defend the word alpha. And in my, in my talk, TEDx talk, if you get a chance to listen to that, you know, I started that with the definition of alpha and it's alpha century from the solar system. It's mm-hmm. the star that shines the brightest. And then from the animal kingdom, is to achieve the highest rank, the dominance, you know, society. So, and it gives the example of the the alpha female elephant, for example. So there's no mention of male or female in either. And so awaken your alpha is, you know, to shine as bright as you can with your time and to achieve the highest rank in areas that you hold important. So that comes back to that awareness. If, you know, not having Saturday, Saturdays off is not a, <laughs> something you hold important, you can still, you know, by your own judgment, um, and preferences achieve a, the highest rank so that's um kind of the, the whole philosophy behind it and it there is no distinction between age gender nationality race now in terms of the podcast because i'm very aware as well if, if you try and speak to everyone you speak to no one so in terms of the podcast it right. is a development podcast i can't control who listens to it um but that is the focus of that and in, in terms of the book my core of why i was doing it it was always a legacy book so I always held in mind um, writing it for my two boys. I have a little bit at the front of the book, you know, for Dylan and Harrison, who one day will be men. So, you know, and it's to pass down that aspect. But I know for a fact, at least 50% of the women, or sorry, the readers are women, if not more. And I don't know if that's because um, publishers said, you know, when he was young, he snuck into his sister's room and read all her, her girls' mags because he wasn't allowed to, or they were because he wanted to get that, that awareness and that understanding. And it's, 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 it's the same thing. If you're looking for, you know, high level in anything, it purely came down to, in terms of focusing for the, the book, I know more about being a man than a woman. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, and I still got a lot, of, a lot to go in. I'm always a work in progress. Um, yeah, so that was just the focus of that. But in terms of the, the core of the philosophies, you know, they're universal. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I did notice that. I noticed the podcast was all men. So, I, you know, in, in today, and I do interview women there, you know, I do interview women, women even. So, <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but how do, how, how can we, and, and this is going to, we're going to wrap this up with this last question here. What are some steps that we can take to awaken our alpha that once we take those steps, once we start building that foundation, we would be in a position to reach out to you to take us to the next level. We've harped on it all the sessions, so I'll, I'll probably skirt over, but definitely do, you know, in the book I have, you know, 32 specific 
actionable exercise that you do that t- that second, not like tomorrow or down the line. So that's one thing. But in terms of that awareness, start there. So it could be as simple as a piece of paper, write out you know five or six areas of your life that are important to you. If it's important, put it on. If it's not, don't. Or you could just put a zero by it. And then rate yourself as in today, not this perfect scenario or over the last week. Or you can do this you know, f- over a few days at different times and uh, or different periods and see what your scores are out of 10 as simple out of 10 like could be you know relationships with your spouse if you're hitting a nine on that every day you're doing something right um and then if other areas of your life it could be you know health it could be wealth or you know and not just financial and you're scoring low or there could be one ideally you'd want one obvious one that you're like oh my goodness that's a bit of a dip i've dropped the ball on that then pick the ball up on that area you think i've got all these things to do the one that is important to you that's like a two out of 10, just focus on that for 30 days straight and it will not be a two out of 10. And that's what it, in terms of this, we talked about our schedules and things, in terms of um, balance, you know, intentional imbalance is okay because it's intentional. So if you think, right, I'm going to hammer, you know, relationship with, you know, my significant other for the next 30 days, at least because, you know, um, I haven't done what I should been do- I should have been doing, um, and then you but you're aware actually this is not sustainable in terms of I'm dropping everything else, but it needs it's a priority now. So then it and same for if if I spent you know a weekend away for a conference or something that I had to do, it's intentional imbalance. I would schedule in you know some family extra family days I should say before or after to read address the balance. I think people do these. Um, unsustainable or they do these exceptions that then become the norm and they never redress the balance. They might go away and work for a week solid or over a weekend and then come back and go straight back into normal routine. But then they do that too often. Um, So I think it's important to um, have that awareness. And if you have a deadline or say, oh, I've got a work project that needs to be finished, you know, at the end of the month. So I'm going to hammer all that. Yeah, people do that. I get that. But then they don't balance it and it's a new month and there's another thing that is more important than what i would say uh more important areas like family and and lifestyle and things like that like your core values is kind of where we're going with that i assume yeah yeah and uh, on top of that you know kind of the other end of the spectrum when you you've got some of that's just like a you know a a quick fix in terms of you know what have you got to focus on now and you can start doing that and also you know what are the actions as we said for the you know don't just be as vague as oh i'm gonna I'm going to, you know, improve my relationship with X or Y. Be specific. What are the, you know, write down, brainstorm, what are some specific actions that you could do? Not what a book tells you to do or like this perfect, you know, what could you actually do and you're willing to do? We said about sacrifice. And then which ones are going to actually move the needle? And then maybe pick just two or three of them and just focus on them. Forget the rest. It's all about, I'm very much about simplifying things. And I do think simplicity and discipline equals freedom as humans we always overcomplicate things so try and keep it simple and um there's a there's a a great exercise i I put in um towards the end in terms of legacy and um it comes back to the concepts of ikigai which japanese phrase which is literally like icky and guy like reason for being basically life and reason and you know worth and again it's it's if you just draw out and I obviously we're on a podcast here now, but you know, you just draw overlapping circles of things you love or you're passionate about things you're good at, good at things, the world needs things you can get paid for and they overlap. And in the center, 
then that's something like your, your alpha zone or whatever you want to phrase it. Or, you know, that's fulfillment ultimately right in the middle. And you might not get that from one, you know, one pure thing, but you can make that up. That's to put things you're doing in your life. And if you can cover a lot of them, you know, them four key areas, you're going to be pretty happy. And what I find useful with doing that, if you've got a whiteboard or piece of paper, be very loose with it and play around with what things could fulfill you. So you are covering all aspects. And if you do that and you think, oh my God, that's a shocker. I technically, I, I must be very unhappy. That's good because either way, it's going to be comforting to know, actually, I'm, you know, I shouldn't worry. I've got a lot of these covered or, oh my goodness, I can now see why maybe I'm not as happy or I might be struggling a little bit more than I thought I should be. It will identify areas that are either spot on or either areas that need some attention and maybe why you shouldn't go down this path that maybe social pressure or parents or, you know, whatever it is have kind of put you on this path and you realize that no matter how far you get, you're not going to be fulfilled. Man, I love it. I don't know that I could wrap it up any better than that, to be honest with you. That was phenomenal. Now, I got to tell you too that uh, I, I love what you said about the uh, intentional imbalance. And I'm, I might have to steal that for a meme or something because I, I, I dig that. If, with your permission, of course. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you said it. So it was very cool, though. I dug that. So, uh, okay. Well, one very, I promise, last question. What's up with the bar stools behind you? <laughs> there is, it's not as simple as they look cool. We don't have basements in England. So I moved to America. I'm loving the, the man cave is a, a nice little passion project for me. I like building stuff. I'm a son of a builder. My dad's a builder. There's some part of me that should have gone down that route because I do love building stuff. So I have to satisfy that urge. We talked about that, that icky guy, satisfy yeah. the urge. It's not a profession in my own house, in my basement. So the bar that is uh, to be constructed is one of the last pieces. That I got the bar stools early, a little bit premature, but, and they look quite cool. They're like old school American ones that, you know, they are a yeah. weapon. They are solid. Um, so yeah, that, that becomes behind the, um, the cinema room. And then the bar is last, I think. So I dig it, man. That's awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you can look at him and go, "Okay, this is where I'm going. This is my path." I it's tell you, just, I, this and this is useful to reviews because now you're asking me these stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, my my version of happiness would just be, you know, speaking to people like yourself, writing books, and building stuff in my basement. <laughs> And going out and speaking, but and but generally being, you know, I, I pick up my boys and drop them off to school every day. Um, so that flexibility is awesome. And I don't take that for granted. That is too cool, man. Too cool. Hey, tell you what, give us your contact information. Let's make sure that everybody that listens to the podcast today knows how to reach out and get in contact with you and can look further into awakening your alpha. Yeah. Brilliant. So Adam Lewis Walker across all so, so, social media, even talkaccelerator.com um, for all the TEDx side of things and listen to the podcast. You can get so much inspiration and practical steps of how to go and get that, make that happen. And also link to that if you want an idea clarity call, which is what I call them, offer them a complimentary 20 minutes just to have that sounding board. You may be like, I don't need Adam. I'm just, yeah, I've got it. But you cannot read the label of the bottle you're in. And, you know, within like 10, 15 minutes, there'll be certain things you're saying that are spot on that you may be overlooking. And on the flip side, there'll be certain clangers in there that we can say, hey, this is why maybe an organizer might not be a fan of that. So that's, you know, something I love to offer. And in terms of Awaken Your Alpha, ayalpha.com 
forward slash book is to go to you know some testimonies about the book. You know, please do pick up a copy. And if if you uh, enjoy it, the best compliment is just let me know. That is my life's work. It took me like four or five years. My second book would be quicker, but th- that is the uh, that is the big one. I got to tell you, and in, in, uh, I'm just going to brag a little bit. I wrote my book in 20 days. <laughs> 20 days. I took a, a, a book, a, a number one best-selling author challenge, and it was the challenge was to do it in a month. And I, I took off and I started writing, and I was writing a book on podcasting. So I've got a podcasting course that's on Udemy that's very highly rated and it's doing exceptionally well. I got to brag on that. So anybody listening, go get my course. Uh, <laughs> and I have a podcasting book as well, One Plus One Equals Podcast. Both the course and the book share that name. But I started writing the podcast book, and I was 10 days in when I, I read it, and it went, uh, I went, this is like, like an autobiography. This is not podcasting. What are you writing? <laughs> So I went back to my coach. I said, look, this is what I got. I got to start over. And she was like, just do it and get it done. And so I did. I jumped in there, still got it published, still hit number one within the 30-day time frame. Boom. Boom. Well, I I wrote mine in three months, the first draft. First draft of many, unfortunately, it turned out to be. I, again, <laughs> I blasted in that first. And this is why I'm so looking forward to the, the next book is literally going to be focusing on one core subject, a bit like, you know, going from Awakening Your to the Talk Accelerator, because that was the challenge of having this, you know, very holistic approach and, you know, all the interviews and just fine tune it down. So whew, painful, but um, I'm glad what is produced and that, you know, it's, it, it gets great reviews. So. That's, that's spectacular because I'm, Although I wrote the book in 20 days, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm overly proud of it. <laughs> That's the thing. There were so many times I could have got it out a lot sooner, but it just came back to that question. You know, are you go- I wanted to have something that I was ha- you know, very happy with and didn't feel like I wanted to redo. And also, would it stand up in 10, 20 years? And I looked at it as my, my last book, my only book. Not being morbid, morbid here, but if something happened to me, right. um, that my boys could you know, pick this up in 10 years down the line and, and you know, read them sort of lessons and experiences and and that's why i think the podcasts are so valuable as well for anyone involved because it's 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 an audio log of uh you know what's going on man adam you've hit the nail on the head multiple times throughout this episode and i really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day and all the way from your basement in america to join me for this episode of the podcast so if you'll give me just a minute let me wrap this up i'll be right back with you Hey, everybody, what's happening? It's been another awesome episode of the Readily Random Podcast. Man, Adam really brought it today. He came at us with some serious value that can really help you build your foundation and take you to the next level. So thank you once again for listening to the Readily Random Podcast. I'm Larry Roberts, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Bye.